Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and Schools, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. So glad to have you with us here all today for our congregation of prayer. It is the Feast of the Epiphany, the 12th day after Christmas. Um, it is also sometimes called the Gentile Christmas for the reason of the visit of the Magi, uh, those wise men or three kings, or however you want to name them and number them, uh, from the east, Gentile, uh, who heard, had heard the prophecy, likely according to Daniel, and came to visit our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, believing in him. Uh, let's see, what other notes should I make? Uh, yes, today again is Wednesday, so uh, we have chapel later today. I won't be streaming that, I don't think, um, but you can, of course, join us this evening for a resumption of our Bible study on the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, and we're in chapter 5. So if you want to read ahead, read chapter 5 and following, and you'll be prepared then uh, to discuss this evening our Bible study. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for this week. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Our psalm is Psalm 104, beginning in verse 16. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests, the stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats, the rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons, the sun knows its time for setting. You make darkness, and it is night, when all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works and wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan, whom you formed to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the du their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing, my, sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. 
Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from Numbers chapter 24, and you'll remember we actually considered this in catechesis um, back in the fall as we were going through uh, the Old Testament books of Moses. All right, So uh, now you'll see its fulfillment, the promise or prophecy made. So he took up his oracle and said, The utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor, and the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened, the utterance of him who hears the words of God and has the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and batter the brow of Moab, and destroy all the sons of Tumult. And Edom shall be a possession, Seir also his enemies shall be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. Out of Jacob one shall have dominion and destroy the remains of the city. And there it is. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter out of Israel. Okay. Uh, scepter is the, uh, the standard of the king, right? Okay. And our reading for catechesis on this Feast of the Epiphany of our Lord is from Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in... Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them the time or what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. All right, and there's our reading. So, uh, we heard this on Sunday, anticipating this day, and of course, um, as we've talked about, um, 
we are not yet in our liturgical life here as a congregation that uh, I think I could get a fair number of people to gather on feast days uh, to celebrate them, Um, but we, of course, can recognize them here in our congregation of prayer. So, question about this text. Uh, Why is this account, the account of the visit of the Magi, only in Matthew's Gospel, do you think? What What might the reason for that be? I would suggest you go back to the genealogy in Matthew 1, and you'll get the answer. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, that's different than uh, Luke's genealogy, which is it. Uh, that's the second half of uh, chapter one of Luke's gospel, where Luke says, uh, let's see, where is that? Luke's genealogy. Or is it in chapter two? Chapter three. I think it maybe is even in chapter three, Luke's genealogy. Now, Jesus himself began his ministry of about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Haley. And then when you get to the end of the genealogy in chapter 3 of Luke, it goes like this. The son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So Luke uh, traces Jesus' genealogy all the way back uh, to Adam and and then, of course, to being the son of God. Whereas Matthew, is, his emphasis is on the son of David, the son of Abraham. Right? And you see this spin out here in chapter 2, where this is the account of Jesus as the king of the Jews. Right, So we have different kings going on here. Jesus, of course, um, the Magi, the, these kings from the east, and then also, of course, Herod, who is the tyrant king. Jesus being the true king of the Jews, the son of David who came for all the nations. And, of course, then also the fulfillment of the promise made to Abraham. Okay, so where was Herod king? According to the text here, verse 1. He's king in Judea. All right, where is the east? Because they came from the east to Jerusalem. Now, this is uh, Persia or Babylon, so um, either Iran or Iraq. We don't know exactly. Um, I prefer uh, the tradition of Babylon coming from uh, modern-day Iraq, or excuse me, Iran. Um, the reason being that's uh, where the exile was and likely how they had the uh, prophetic writings from, uh, or, and certainly the books of Moses via Daniel and the exile there. Uh, why is this important to know where the East is for the understanding of the story? I just hinted at it, but let's see if you caught it. Yes, because the Jews had been taken into captivity. And the men of the East then had access to the scriptures um, because they had brought them with them. Uh, these wise men, wise, uh, because they had studied God's word and they understood the prophecy of the star in accordance with God's word, right? Not um, as simply astrologers, for example. So why did they come to Jerusalem? You see here in verse 1, it's simply what they ask in verse 2. They came to find the king of the Jews. How had they figured out the meaning of the star? All right, well, this is why we had our reading here from Numbers, because of the oracle given to Balaam, the son of Beor, right? Balaam's fourth oracle, which we studied again back in the fall. But um, you can see a star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, right? So they were watching for that star.
why did the wise men have a copy of the book of Numbers? Again, as astronomers and scholars, they looked to holy books, not even just their own, um, and they had studied the, script, the, the Jewish scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, for wisdom. That's what makes them wise. And that's, of course, true for us, too. We're wise through the study of God's word. Of course, this disturbed Herod and all the region around them, right? He was troubled. Why was he troubled? <laughs> they had come to worship the king of the Jews, and of course, that's not Herod, right? Uh, also looking for one who was born king of the Jews, and he was, of course, not born. Uh, he was put in place by, by the Romans through tyranny. Why is it important, um, the past tense that you see here in verse 2, we have seen or we saw the star? Okay, so they had seen, past tense, the star in the east, but it um, had not constantly led them from the east. So it seems as if they saw the star, then they begin their travels, right? But uh, did they follow the star? Not exactly, right? Um, so that also provides them time for them to travel. And it seems to have disappeared until the events of Jerusalem. They had come, from Jerus come to Jerusalem not simply following a star, but because of the word of God that was attached to that sign the star indicating the birth of the king. And of course, they assumed that the king would be in Jerusalem because he was in the city of the king. Ah, but we'll get to that here in a moment. That wasn't quite right, was it? How did Herod determine where Jesus was to be born? He gathered the chief priests and scribes and inquired of them where the Christ was to be born, as you can see there. And here, it's the prophet Micah who provides the answer. Um, now, Micah's book was written after the Jews had returned from Babylon. Ah, so you see, that's why they didn't know. Thus, the wise men would not have known this prophecy, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah. All right, so that's from Micah, what chapter is that? I think Micah 5, right? What two words did Micah use to describe Jesus? I think this is important. You see here is the ruler, one of the rulers of Judah, a ruler, and then shepherd, shepherd ruler. All right, of course, that's connecting us back again to Matthew 1, verse 1, the king, uh, uh, son of David, right, who was the shepherd king. What's the importance then of verse 7? Here you see, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined what time the star had appeared. Okay, the exact time of the star was revealed then to Herod, and then he would use that information later on in his attempt to get rid of Jesus by slaughtering the innocents. What's the key thing that happens here in verse 9? Yes, the star which had they had seen in the east, past tense, now again went before them, until it, and it, now it leads them from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, leading them to Jesus. Why do you think the star appeared at this point in the story, or reappeared? I would suggest this is to confirm the word of the prophets that the wise men also believe. The star was effective as a sign only when it's joined to the word of God. This is true of all signs. The word and the star had first led them to Jerusalem, and now it leads them again to Bethlehem. Of course, then the 
question, what, regardless of the, uh, you know, the possible natural explanations for this event, is who put the star in the heavens? Well, just as we said back in our psalm, right? It's the Lord who puts the star in the heavens, uh, which means the child himself placed the star in the heavens to lead them there. The child being the word of God who made all things and set all things in place. Yes. Uh, what reaction did the star's appearance then produce? This is one of my favorite expressions here in verse 10. Yeah, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. It's a little bit uh, superlative and redundant, but shows how extraordinarily um, happy, really joyous they were at the birth of Jesus. How many wise men came to the house? Trick question, according to the text. Don't know. Uh, how many gifts were presented? Ah, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Three gifts. Um, so that's the suggestion why there are three kings, because there are three gifts. Eh, fair enough. What did uh, the men do when they came to the house? We know it's plural. We know it's more than one. They fell down and worshipped Jesus. So what prophets, are, um, yeah, what prophecies were then fulfilled? One of these we read yesterday as our Old Testament reading, right, from Isaiah chapter 60. Uh, just a refresher. If you weren't with us yesterday, we looked at this. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise before you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. All star language, right? Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you, sh they, yeah, you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy. Because of the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, and the wealth of the Gentiles will come to you. Might as well keep reading it. The multitude of camels shall cover your land, and dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. Um, note that they, it's gold and incense, so gold for a king, incense for God, um, but myrrh is not listed in, in Isaiah. Uh, myrrh would be used for burial, right? uh, which is then prescient, of course. Uh, another prophecy that's fulfilled is actually in a psalm, Psalm 72. Um, the, the appointed psalm for uh, Epiphany is, I think, Psalm 85. All right. So, uh, yeah, Psalm 72. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all you who mourn for her, that you may be fed and satisfied with the consolation of her bosom, that you may drink deeply and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. All right, so you have the, the rejoicing with joy there and also the Gentiles being gathered to them. And there's probably more too. Um, of course, who wrote Psalm 72? Hmm, son of David, Solomon. Again, why is this important in the context of Matthew? Again, back to chapter 1, son of David, son of Abraham. Solomon, who is the son of David, prophesied of the coming son of David, the true son of David, who would be recognized as, as by the kings of the earth, just as Solomon was. Remember, Solomon also had uh, royal visitors who brought him gifts. How did the wise men know not to go back to Herod? What makes them wise? Again, 
They were warned in a dream by the word of the Lord. All right, meditation on this text. Matthew records the birth of the true king of the Jews who would be revealed in his death at the cross. And yet here, the eyes of faith see him in the child of Bethlehem. The child had not come for Israel alone, but for all the nations of the earth, that he might make them children of his father, which we'll see, of course, at the end in Matthew 28, verse 19. The three gifts identify him, one, as the one anointed to be prophet, priest, and king of Israel. The gold is the mark of kings and foreshadows the kingdom of heaven that includes all the nations of the earth. See Matthew 23. Frankincense is the mark of priestly sacrifice and foreshadows his atoning sacrifice at the cross. Israelites were forbidden to make incense to enjoy its smell and would be cut off for doing so, but here the outcast nations come bringing frankincense to be reunited to him. See Exodus 30. Myrrh is the mark of the prophets of Israel who were anointed to proclaim the word of God to the nations and foreshadows his resurrection. See Matthew 26. In Luke, the child wrapped in swaddling clothes is the sign to which a word of promise was attached. Here the sign is the star that has the Old Testament word of promise attached. It is the word that is the power, even as in baptism and in the supper, the word is the power that creates and sustains faith. So, the star only reappeared after the word had been revealed from the prophet Micah. All right, very good. So happy epiphany to you all. Um, epiphany is a season, not just a day. So we'll continue to recognize the Gentile Christmas. Um, although you may take down your tree today if you so desire <laughs> your lights. Um, but we'll continue um, to celebrate the revealing of who Jesus is um, over the next, what, four weeks or so? Uh, when's the last Sunday of Epiphany? It will be the 24th, which is also St. Timothy. So I don't know how we're going to do Transfiguration and Timothy on the same day. Uh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> uh, it'll likely be the Feast of Transfiguration. So January 24th. All right. We confess the seventh petition, but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition in summary that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. Conclusion, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What does this mean? This means that I should be certain that these petitions are pleasing to our Father in heaven and are heard by him. For he himself has commanded us to pray in this way and has promised to hear us. Amen, amen means yes, yes, it shall be so. We pray. Father in heaven, rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to yourself in heaven. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have commanded us to pray according to the promises of the Lord's Prayer and have promised to hear us. Give us firm faith in your word so that we pray with confidence, saying, Yes, yes, it shall be so. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Wednesday, we pray for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God. Pray for parents who must rear their children alone. Pray for our communities and neighborhoods. We pray that the Lord give to all peoples concord and peace, that he preserve our land from discord and strife, 
that he give our, our country your protection in every time of need. That he direct and defend our president and all in authority. That he bless and protect our magistrates and all our people. That he watch over and help all who are in danger, necessity, and tribulation. That he protect and guide all uh, who travel. That he grant to all women with child and all mothers with infant children increasing happiness in their blessings. That he defend all orphans and widows and provide for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Marcella, Jan, Bev, Kelsey, Reverend Herzog, Billy Joe, Brad, and Janet, Timothy, Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Penny, and Romans and his family. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, and all the missions and mercy work of our church, especially this month, Lutheran Church Charities, and Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for the week. Almighty God, you have poured into our hearts the true light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light may shine forth in our lives. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. It's also fitting for us to have a collect for the Epiphany. We pray, O God, by the leading of a star, you made known your only begotten Son to the Gentiles. Lead us, who know you by faith, to enjoy in heaven the fullness of your divine presence. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week, a fitting epiphany hymn. I know you probably want to sing, as with gladness men of old, but we sang that on Sunday, so <laughs> this is our hymn for the week.
So good to have you all with us here today. Thanks for checking in in the chat. I see you there. Uh, Michael, Don, Gloria. Uh, I'm sorry I can't pronounce it probably, but uh, welcome from Paris, Roman, Grace. Good to see you all there. Uh, Lori, back at the beginning. Uh, today is Epiphany, so happy Epiphany to you. There are many traditions you could do this day. The king cake, I've never done it, but uh, it might be fun. I think you put, put some, something secret in there, and then whoever gets that piece then gets, the, uh, gets to be the king for the day. <laughs> That's kind of fun. And uh, yeah, recognize that uh, the season, the season of Christmas really continues into Epiphany uh, with even a stronger emphasis on who Jesus is and what he's come to do for us, uh, namely in our baptism on this coming Sunday. Uh, And again, as I said at the beginning, join us this evening, if at all possible, around seven o'clock for our uh, Bible study. We'll resume our look at the book of Hebrews, which is uh, just a magnificent book, full and rich of detail um, in the way of even of the Gospels. So, uh, make plans to join us this evening. Happy Epiphany to you all, and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow.